What is wrong with the Cincinnati Bengals? What is the main reason why they are 0-2? We talked to James Rapine of Lockdown Bengals in this week's Bearcats-Bengals crossover. Plus, get James's thoughts on Ben Bryan's development as the Bearcats' starting quarterback. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's another edition of the Bearcats-Bengals crossover here on Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast. My name is Alex Frank, joined by James Rapine from Lockdown Bengals. Our conversation today is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster, post your job for free, at linkedin.com slash lockdown college terms and conditions do apply. I'm Alex Frank, joined by James Rapine. And James, I, I got to ask you straight up, what's the reason why the Bengals are 0-2? What's the main reason why the Bengals are stumbling out of the gate as reigning AFC champions, James? Oh, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a long list, Alex. Let's start here. This offense certainly is not what it was supposed to be and is not playing up to snuff. And, and, and up to the standard that they set, that I set, that everybody set for them. And I think that starts with Joe Burrow. He's not playing at the level that we saw towards the end of last year. He hasn't stuck in the pocket as much as we're used to and uh, hasn't been as accurate. Now, there are a lot of reasons for that. The offensive line has certainly been a hot button topic. Uh, Zach Taylor ha- has had some questionable moments as well. So it's uh, it's been a a rough go of it for this Bengals offense, 37 points in two weeks, 13 sacks. You had the five turnovers week one week two. You didn't have a turnover, but struggled to move the ball consistently. And the six sacks were just rough. The penalties were rough. And then you flip it and you look at this Bengals defense. They've only forced one turnover. They've given up two game winning drives to bad. When you look at, I don't want to say they're bad quarterbacks. They're not average starting level quarterbacks in Mitch Trubisky and Cooper Rush. One's a backup. One is going to spend most of his day, the rest of his NFL days, Mitch Trubisky as an NFL backup. So there's a lot to be desired. By the way, they've only had two sacks in two games, which is unacceptable. So there's a lot of blame to go around. And and naturally, that's what happens when you start 0-2. Unacceptable with the two sacks. I'll go further, James. Unacceptable with the fact that this team does not have an interception. Those game-changing plays that Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard would make off the edge last year, and those game-changing plays that Mike Hilton, Shadobe Awuzie, Jesse Bates, Vaughn Bell would make last year, just haven't really we haven't really seen this yet. Now let's go back to the offense, and you mentioned Joe Burrow. A lot of things with him. Um, how much of this slow start is on Joe Burrow? Some, not all, you know, I, I think that they, they could have won despite the turnovers in week one the, and they weren't all on him. Like the strip sack is not his fault. That was Jonah Williams's fault. The, the interception where TJ Watt just makes an amazing play. That's not Burrow's fault, but it counts against Burrow. Um, he still put them in position to win despite that, but it, it, it was his issues combined with Zach Taylor's game management, combined with the fact that the defense just could not force a turnover and make Trubisky uncomfortable. Like there were, it was a bunch of different things. Uh, this past week against Dallas, I don't think as much was on him. 
and, and, and it's more so finding a way to, to build that trust between him and that offensive line. And I think he's getting closer to the guy I went back and watched. I think there's a big difference first half to second half, but we'll see <clears throat> because they have to right the ship. And Joe Burrow last year hit a lot of flaws. He's not playing at that level right now. He's not playing bad but he's not playing at the level where he's going to hide the offensive line flaw or hide the fact that the defense has, even though they haven't given up a ton of points, they haven't played great. They really haven't. I mean, I, I gave them a pass because they were put into a lot of bad situations against the Steelers, but come on, man. Cooper Rush can't go up and down the field on you back-to-back no. -back drives. And great Joe Burrow, Burrow playing at his best, still wins that game. The Bengals are still are, are 2-0 and right now if Burrow's playing at his best, but he's not. And you combine that with everything else that's gone wrong, and it's why the Bengals are 0-2. I wrote on my blog yesterday, Turning Point Tuesday, the turning points from the Bengals game against the Cowboys, the fourth and two conversion that Dallas had on the opening possession, James, I think just set the tone for the game. Dallas was going to be the more aggressive team, and then I go to the Bengals' final drive. You've got two thirteen and two timeouts. And I said to myself, if they're not going to get a game-winning score, they have to get at least two first downs to flip the field. So if they do have to punt, Dallas is A, not going to have great field position, or B, not going to have a lot of time to go down and get the game-winning score. And the complete opposite happened, James. Like, they, the Bengals didn't even throw to the sticks on all three plays. Yeah, and and that's the, the puzzler. That's the head-scratcher. That's the whatever you want to call it. But they had that that Cowboys defense in a tough spot. They had that Cowboys defense tired. They had just dealt with a 19-play drive, almost nine minutes. And, and so, yeah, that's the time when you want to get a first down. Because if you get a first down, now you can get rolling and you get moving. And those pass rushers, as good as Micah Parsons is, he's still human. He gets tired, and that makes it easier. And, and so that was the drive. And once they did not get a first down, they pumped the ball away. Even though it was a good punt, the return was good. Once I Kevin Huber went out there to punt, I knew what was about to happen. And so I wrote the game story, 20 to 17, done, didn't have to change anything. You just knew. Like that that yeah. it was not their day in both of these games. And yet they had a shot at the end. But in those big moments, those key moments, for whatever reason, and we could talk long snapper and all that stuff week one and how crazy and chaotic it was. But this past week, it was just they didn't get it done offensively when they needed to and the game was on the line they needed to go make one more drive and they couldn't yeah all right so our didn't. Buddy they didn't not couldn't all right so our buddy connor Orr of sports illustrated um yesterday you you put this on cincy Bengals talk on instagram the daily cover of sports illustrated uh, is of joe burrow getting sacked and the title is uh oh and two and in it connor Orr highlights the seven teams in the NFL that are 0-2 or winless, I should say, because the Colts and Texans tied in week one. And the Bengals, the question was, he asked this question for each of the seven teams. Time to panic. For the Bengals, he said, not yet. I'm going to ask you, James, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's the level of panic, and can this get turned around to still have the season that we all hoped the Bengals were going to have? It's a 5. And the, the reason it's a five is because if they go to East Rutherford, if they go to New Jersey, beat the Jets, and look like anywhere close to where you expect them to look, then you're feeling good about their chances at home 
to beat a Miami team that is talented, no doubt about it. They just came back. Everyone's oh, yeah. feeling themselves, all of that. I think this defense matches up pretty well with Miami. They're get, you know eliminating big plays, forcing Tua Tagovailoa to uh, uh, dink and dunk his way down the field and maybe make a mistake. I think this offense can put up points on paper against Miami. And so within a five-day span, that's a Thursday night game, you could go from 0-2 to 2-2 and and be right there and be feeling really good with a long layoff before a huge divisional road matchup against the Baltimore Ravens. So it can change very quickly, but it can also go to hell really quickly, Alex. And that starts Sunday. If they lose to the Jets, that's Nightmare on Elm Street. That's Freddy Krueger coming out and, and you know, yeah, it, 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 that's it. It's over. Like Jason Voorhees coming out and it, it, suddenly it's spooky season for the Bengals. And they're not only on the ropes, that would be the referee counting after Joe Flacco and the Jets deliver what could be a knockout blow. You cannot get in fall to 0-3. I think six teams have made the playoffs after 0-3. Can't do it. So as early as it is in the season, and it can change quickly, you have to win Sunday. And if you do that, four days later, you handle business at home, which the Bengals haven't been as good at home as they need to be over the past year plus then you feel all right uh, about where the Bengals are at. But it's been a, uh, a really underwhelming start, and I'm not pressing panic yet. But ask me again around – and I don't think it'll take all game. 3.15 Eastern time. The game will still be going on on Sunday. And if it's, if it's tied, if the Bengals and Jets are close, if there's hope for the Jets, much like there was last year when the Bengals played the Jets on the road, well, then I might press the panic button because you can't squeak by the Jets. You need to go up there and handle business, even though they played pretty well down the stretch stretch against the Browns on Sunday. I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. I mean, the Bengals could be I – mean, they could win two games in the span of four days, James, and then like, and barely over a week we're talking about this team at 2-2, two and two, right back in the thick mm -hmm. of the AFC North race. They got a week and a half to prepare – for a Ravens team, they swept last year. So there's still a long way to go. There's still a lot of hope and optimism, but you're right. They can't fall to 0-3. I'm going to ask you about your alma mater, the University of Cincinnati, about how Ben Bryant has developed over the first three games of the season. The Bearcats winning their 16th straight battle for the victory bell after this word from Bet Online, As you see on the screen, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season you can find all of the latest football league developments game matchups news and podcasts including this year's opening week's games bet online is also your continued source for all your sporting and wagering information including live betting esports and scores it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including major league baseball mma boxing and golf head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action bet online where the game starts Locked on Bearcats, Locked on Bengals crossover today, our weekly conversation with James Rapine from Locked on Bengals. James is a University of Cincinnati alum like myself, and uh, he and I, along with our colleague Russ Heltman, write for all Bearcats, part of Sports Illustrated, which James is the founder and publisher of. James, the Bearcats 2-1 and one through three games. You said two weeks ago that this team can win out. Now that they've dominated Kennesaw State and dominated Miami and Ben Bryant slinging the ball all over the field, do you still feel that way? I do, yeah. You know, Ben Bryant, how impressive has he been over the past couple of weeks? And it, it really sucks because I think, and and we felt this at the time, if they if you had flipped Kennesaw State and Arkansas, 
I thought the Bengals or the Bearcats, excuse me, would uh, would be able to go to Arkansas and win, and they wouldn't have those issues early, right? And, and Ben Bryant wouldn't have the first half that he had against Arkansas, and so that part stinks in hindsight. But I really liked what I've seen. He's uh, he, and not just him; these receivers, but but Ben Bryant has certainly played better, and you see why he won the job, the starting quarterback job in camp, and and, and that's good to see because I think this Bearcats team. They they should be playing at a really high level uh, for most of this season. It was unfortunate the the week one loss, but Ben Bryant's playing better. I like what I've seen from this defense, and overall, in the in the other thing, by the way, Alex, the fact that they were down early against Miami, yeah, and that was technically a home game for uh, the Red Hawks. I know it was, you know, at Paycor Stadium, three miles no, from the University of Cincinnati campus, but to respond quickly. To not have the doubt creep into the second half. and No, no, no. They responded quickly. They rebounded. Uh, by the way, they answered the bell multiple times against Arkansas on the road, even though they ended up losing that game. It's not like they got blown out after an ugly start. I like what I've seen from Luke Fickle's squad and Ben Bryant. You're right to highlight him because he's he's playing much better. He is. He's slinging the ball all over the field. I, I, I noted in my rewatch um, of the game, that he looked so confident slinging the ball to whether it be Trey Tucker, Leonard Taylor, Josh Wiley, Jaden Thompson. Remember, James, and this was pointed out by the ESPNU crew calling the game. Jaden Thompson fumbled on the first possession. Ben Bryant kept going back to him. And I think that establishes a lot of trust between him, a new quarterback, and an up-and-coming receiver in Jaden Thompson. Now, this Saturday, the Bearcats, the Bearcats are playing Indiana, a Power 5 opponent. That always gets your... Your eyebrows perked up a little bit. But, James, this was a, a, a team the Bearcats beat last year in Bloomington. I was there for it. They were down 14 nothing. Luke Fickle said yesterday it was the worst 28 minutes of football they played. The last 32, they found out what kind of team they were, and they were a really good team. Well, this year they get, them, they get Indiana at Nippert Stadium. James, what do you expect on Saturday in the final non-conference game of the season for the Bearcats? It, it's one of those – games and it is indiana you know we're not talking about a big 10 power right i wouldn't consider them that but it is a power five school this is a chance for the bearcats to show hey that arkansas game was just a blip and it was week one and we had a bad first half and we recovered but we couldn't recover fully and so ben bryant go out there and ball bearcats josh wiley go out there and show the nfl that you're a, a day one day two pick in the draft, right? Dancing in the end zone, and he's known for his patented dances. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think that that's kind of the expectation, and it, it's going to be interesting to see if they can handle it. But uh, I, I think they are up for the challenge. I, I I think they get the W. But that that's what I sort of expect from the Bearcats at this stage is to welcome a team like Indiana, Power Five school. You're at home, and I'm not saying win by forty but when handedly where we're not talking yeah. about, okay, is, is, is the kicker going to be ready to make this game-winning field goal in the fourth quarter? I think it should be, you know, a, a seven-point-plus game. You'll hear my conversation tomorrow with our colleague Russ Heltman on Lockdown Bearcats why I think this game is a bread-and-butter game for the Cincinnati Ooh. Bearcats. So How about that, that tease? How about that tease? Yeah. I was going to say, I've learned from the best in you, James, of listening to Lockdown Bengals every day. So it's my first listen every day. 
So look at you. I learned from the best. Say that again. I said, look at you. Not, nothing bad. I'm, I'm loyal to Cincinnati and I'm loyal to the people uh, who I work with. And then one of you is them. And uh, I mentioned to James and all Bearcats earlier this week, you know, you mentioned the blip that our, the Arkansas game was. Here's another blip. Losing guys like Jake Renfro and Malik Van, and the Bearcats are missing a beat. Like, you lose one of your stalwarts on defense. And Miami came into the game, and Russ and I talked about this. Miami could run the ball. Mm-hmm. The Bearcats held them to 67 rushing yards. 67. James, on the Bearcats, on the Red Hawks' final eight possessions, they totaled 111 yards. 111. Yeah, yeah. I, I, look, I never questioned – you know, Luke Fickle and his ability to get the most out of this defense. But you did wonder. Sauce Gardner leaves. And, and uh, not just Sauce. Kobe Bryant leaves. And uh, Cook leaves. And, and, you know, we could go down the list. All these NFL guys on defense are gone. How long will it take to reload? Will they be able to do it overnight? And you're hearing that you are hearing things out of camp higher ground. And it's like, oh, well, they have this guy. And this guy's flashing. and this, But you wanted to see it. And, and yeah, so when you see those injuries, it's like, ah, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they can continue that. But I, I've yeah. been really pleased with how this defense has played. I, I thought they handled themselves well against Arkansas. You're right. They've dealt with a few injuries. Haven't had the best opponents over the past couple of weeks, but they've handled business. So hopefully that continues against Indiana on Saturday. And that's all you can do is handle your business. All right. We'll talk about the uh, get a first look at the Bengals week three matchup at the New York Jets. And hopefully we don't relive the nightmare on Elm Street that was last year on Halloween with some guy named Mike White. I don't think we're going to have to go through that again this year. We'll get into it after a word from LinkedIn. As you see on the overlay, as you gear up for fall, which I mean, today is technically the first day of fall. I was taught in school or at least in preschool, kindergarten, that fall started September 21st. I'm going to roll with that. You need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. Well, LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier for you to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash lockdown college to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. Lockdown Bearcats, Lockdown Bengals crossover with James Rapine of Lockdown Bengals. I'm Alex Frank, your host each and every day. James Rapine covers the Bengals for Lockdown Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals talk, all Bengals. He also is a uh, host on Lockdown NFL. That's also another really good podcast. I enjoy it. They are doing unbelievable content. Uh, during the NFL season, during the offseason, James, what is it? Every every day there are different hosts, a lot of AFC North hosts on there. Chris Carter of Steelers, Kevin Ostrecker from Lockdown Ravens. But during the season, they are pumping out content, sometimes four episodes a day. 
<laughs> Is that right, James? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a lot, you know, and um, it, we're just trying to bring the best NFL coverage. So, yeah, every Wednesday I'm on it. But, yeah, it's it's daily and sometimes multiple shows. You got the Peacock and Williamson show as well that's in that yeah. feed. So, yeah, exciting, uh, exciting times. Happy to be a part of it. Well, we're happy to have you. You covered the Bengals. I mean, you're a Cincinnati of the core, as I, I try to think I am at least. But then I look at all you're doing. I'm like, man. All right. So speaking of Sauce Gardner, mm-hmm. Bengals are heading to New York this week to take on the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, what stands out to you as we head into week three, James? First look at the New York Jets, a team that pulled off a one and what? How would you say that one in million win last week? Yeah, yeah, they uh, they played really well down the stretch. They got some luck, and they took advantage of it. And, and so that's where I would start. This Jets team, if you don't come ready to play, they're going to beat you. That's that's just it. You know, they got guys that think that they're, you know, better than Jamar Chase and better than insert whoever. Sauce Gardner's not going to be intimidated by going up against Chase. Garrett Wilson's not going to be scared of Chidobe Awuzie or Eli Apple or insert whoever or, you know, matched up with Jesse Bates one-on-one. And Joe Flacco knows the Bengals as well as anyone, even if it's been a little bit since he's played them. So, no, I I think that this Jets, uh, this team, this defensive front for the Jets is going to be interesting how it matches up with the Bengals' offensive line. Quinnen Williams, Carl Lawson, familiar face. How will those guys and the rest of that defensive line match up against this Bengals offensive line. Will this O-line, will Lyle Collins, will Jonah Williams, those two guys specifically, because I think the interior has been pretty solid. Will they say, ah, see, look, when we're not facing Micah Parsons, we look pretty good. (laughs) Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just they face TJ Watt and Micah Parsons. I don't know. I have my questions. I'm not sure it's that simple. But yeah, there's a a lot of fun matchups in this one. And it's a must win for the Bengals. Can't fall to 0-3. So we'll see if they have more urgency and start faster this week than they have in the first two games. The Bengals have been 0-2 three times now under Zach Taylor. 2019, they ended up extending that streak all the way out to 0-11, as dismal as that was. 2020, they tied Philadelphia the next game. Then they won against Jacksonville. So they were 1-2-1 with a little optimism. We'll see what happens this year with a much more talented roster than those teams in 2019 and 2020. This has been the Lockdown Bearcats, Lockdown Bengals crossover with James Rapine of Lockdown Bengals leading up to the Bengals game against the Jets. You can follow James Rapine on Twitter. Uh, it is one, one of many Twitter accounts, I feel like. Um, but anyway, <laughs> you can follow James on Twitter at James Rapine. He's the publisher of All Bengals. He's the host of Lockdown Bengals. He's also the founder and publisher of All Bearcats, which I write for, along with James and Russ Heltman, who will be on Lockdown Bearcats tomorrow. He's also the host of Cincinnati Bengals Talk, and he's also a co-host of Lockdown NFL, and we'll have your keys to the game and score prediction later this week. James, as always, thank you for your time, and uh, uh, safe travels to New York, and uh, we'll talk to you here soon. Sounds good. Appreciate you having me. James Rapine, Lockdown Bengals, part of the Lockdown Bearcats-Bengals crossover this week. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Russ Heltman of Lockdown Bearcats. Don't forget to, if you missed an episode this week of Lockdown Bearcats, you can follow it on Twitter, or I'm sorry, you can watch it on YouTube, or you can listen to it free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. This has been the Lockdown Bearcats-Bengals crossover.